Well, here we are. Week two of the all-new sitcom club. We are rusty, aren't we? Last week's was pretty dreadful. We're getting back in the swing of things, because we've been away for a few weeks. So it's nice to get back into the groove and what have you. And yeah, this is like, I suppose, last week's was like the Prince concert that he did the other week without telling anybody. You know, he just sort of emerged, and there he was. Now, this week's is akin to, like, a stand-up is going to be doing a tour. But before he does the big tour, he does some, like, little select gigs in a few different places, try out the new material and what have you. This is sort of like that. The difference is we have no new material. Well, it's not just that we have no new material. We never had any material to begin with. That's true. That's a sobering thought. So we hope that you'll bear with us at this time. We hope that you're enjoying this journey with us together. Because that's what it is, you see, is a journey between us and the listeners. The listeners send us bits and pieces on Twitter. We respond and so on, even though we're recording this episode straight after last week. So we haven't actually seen any of the response to last week's yet, because last week's hasn't gone out yet. I haven't even edited it yet. But you know what I'm getting at, don't you? I'd be lying if I said I cared. Now, that was, I think, a less successful spin-off from I Didn't Know You Cared. And but it I is can true of Series 4. I heard that, pardon. It is hard to care about. Oh, don't remind me. Are we just trying to avoid talking about Metal Mickey? I'm just sensing a slight desperation here. <laughs> I have notes. They're not extensive. Oh, actually, can I mention, um, the last couple of weeks I've been watching Clarence, Ronnie Barker's Big Farewell. Do you think Clarence is worth doing? Yes. Okay, then, I'll only say this. Not as bad as its reputation. Because at some point, we need to get out a big list of things that people would think we could talk entertainingly about. But we really couldn't, because there's not... In, you know, actually, you know what's the top of the list of things that we can't talk entertainingly about? Because there's not really enough to get hold of. Metal no, Mickey, can... yes! <laughs> <laughs> now, whose stupid idea was this? Any sufficiently complex system... Achieve sentience. Actually, that's very relevant to the first episode of Metal Mickey. I think the decision was just taken by itself. No, okay. Now, the thing is this. That was your idea. Um, it was. Now, here's the thing on this. Mailbag's coming back, ladies and gentlemen. So, if you've got any items that you'd like to send to us, and I don't mean, like, objects via the post. I don't mean that <laughs> kind of thing. I just mean... No, sorry, you've you just, something... you just reminded me of something I once heard somebody say in a comic shop, and it was very true nobody ever goes into a comic shop and says hey everybody aquaman's back (laughs) i'm gonna say nobody ever looks at the sitcom club twitter and goes hey everybody it's mailbag week Woo!" before we get onto the main business of the day which we're clearly putting off because somebody had the bloody bright idea to do metal mickey we will be doing a mailbag in the next few weeks so anything that you'd like us to talk about or if you want to tweet us, just anything at all, tweet us at the Sitcom Club. Or you can email us, feedback at sitcomclub.com. Sitcomclub.com is also where you can find all the previous episodes going back to April last year. This week, I don't know what made me do it, but I suggested, as pretty much just a funny joke, let's do Metal Mickey. That was my mistake. I didn't realise you were making a funny joke. So I went, okay. Well, I wasn't really. I mean, I was only half joking. I was sort of, I was, expe- well, I was, I, I suggested it and I was half expecting you to say, I write. And so then I'd think of something else. But you said, all right then. I thought, oh, okay. I've said it now, so I'm going to go through with it. And before I knew what I was doing, uh, you know, I had episodes one and two in my hand and, and there it was. So, yeah. Now, the thing is, that you are our designated expert on Metal Mickey. I see. When was this decided? And may I see the notes from that meeting? (laughs) Was the sitcom club quarate when this decision was taken? (laughs) I'm picturing Kenneth Connor on a carry-on film as the mayor at the head of the table (laughs) making these decisions in your absence. But you have an interest in the popular music. And you've told me tales in the past about popular 60s quartet, the Monkees. Now, you made that sound like I've dug up some juicy gossip. Can I just make it clear here? I don't have any juicy gossip. Oh, that's that one thing. But But that's already been fought over on Tumblr, so that's old news. So, there is a direct link here between the Monkees and Metal Mickey. Not just in personnel, but also in the style of the show as well. 
we need to explain. I don't what see the hell that myself. No, okay then. I think well, the big British sitcom inheritor of the monkey mantle is the goodies. In that the goodies keep stopping and having visual gags over a song. I'm going to disagree with you there, though. And we'll fight this When's out. When's the last time you watched an episode of The Monkeys? Let me see now. When's the last time the children's BBC showed The Monkeys on a, on a summer weekday morning? Ah, I suppose 1986. Yeah, I'm going to say about. Th- Three to four weeks. <laughs> so what you're saying is that just because you've seen an episode more recently, say in the last twenty-eight years, than I have, that you've I got, think better I've got a better idea of what the monkeys was like format-wise. We are making a lot of assumptions here because we're talking about Metal Mickey, like all the hip young dudes knew. Oh. We are like that generation before us that kept talking about Spangles. Okay. What are Spangles and why are they a punchline? And then somebody brought them back. I don't know about you, they? but I never had a rally chopper. I didn't have a rally chopper. I saw adverts for them, but even the adverts that I saw in them were dated. They were in like old copies of the Radio Times or something like that. And I've just realised that that sort of implies that I grew up surrounded by old copies of the Radio Times, which I sort of did because I sort of, you know stockpiled them and, and, and went looking for them. So actually, that's true. I don't know why I'm denying it. But anyway, yeah, no, 1973 Radio Times had a big chopper in it. Not doing all you being served this week, mate. <laughs> I'll field this one. Metal Mickey was a robot who originally appeared on Southern Television's Saturday morning show, The Saturday Banana, presented by Bill Oddy. The Saturday Banana was what you got if your region wasn't lucky enough to get Tisbos. Well, I'm going to say this. Wasn't it just Southern only? Did other regions take the Saturday I Banana? I believe that my locality of STV actually did take the Saturday Banana in 78. So, the Saturday Banana does not have a great survival rate, and I can't say I've done a great deal of research on that particular show, so I don't know how often Metal Mickey appeared. But I assume he'd just come on and be rude to Bill Oddie and go off. Humphrey Barclay <laughs> spotted one of Metal Mickey's television appearances, post-Saturday Banana, it's all on Wikipedia, and thought, there's a sitcom in this. And lo, it came to pass that Metal Mickey went to London Weekend Television and got his own show, produced and directed by Michael Dolans, as he's credited, at the end. I think the Monkeys connection can be overstated. I mean, growing up, we all seemed to think that it had been created by him. Because we thought that it looked a bit like him. But Mickey spelt differently. There's no E in the Mickey in Mickey Dolans. Did a lot of people think that Metal Mickey looked like Mickey Dolans? They did at our school. (laughs) Can you get on the research pipe and find out what year Small Wonder started? Because I'm thinking Small Wonder, Alf, that kind of cute, non-human thing turns up and it's Harry and the Hendersons. Small Wonder began in 1985. Yeah, so that's five years after. Metal Mickey seems a bit ahead of the curve to me. Well, I would like to overstate the link, if I may. Because this, to me, looks like a vehicle sitcom. And it's not just sitcoms that that do this kind of thing. We've just been talking off-air beforehand about the Jackson's Variety Show in the late 70s. And I suppose you could say something like Sonny and Cher before them as well. Well, you've got either a single person or a group of people who are, for whatever reason, famous. Now, I have no idea. Maybe right now on Children's BBC, maybe, I don't know, One Direction or somebody are doing something like this. It wouldn't surprise yeah, you remember me, S but... Club. Oh, yeah, exactly. So you've got somebody who is famous in one sphere. Quite often it's going to be pop music. And they're going to get the most out of their fan base, I suppose you could say. So a vehicle be created for them. Like the monkeys. But hang on a minute. Did the monkeys exist before the monkeys? No. TV show. The monkeys were essentially created for the TV show. They did get, I think, at least one of their records out before the TV show debuted. So I am sort of overstating the point, aren't I? Yes. I was surprised to find out that Metal Mickey existed before the sitcom. Can you really think of Alf existing before Alf? It just seems to come fully formed. Let's do a sitcom about a cute robot that lives with a suburban family. And causes havoc. In fact, I can't really see what what Metal Mickey would do outside of his sitcom that would be so good. He insults Bill Oddie. That's his purpose. Are we doing this as training for spats? (laughs) This is not a fully adult grown-ups sitcom. It was on Saturday nights. It was on 5.15 on Saturdays to begin with. 
So there is a, a family element to it. Now, the thing is that when we began the recording, I made a mental note to myself not to just come on and say, oh, isn't it awful? And, and, and I was still up, all of the gags are so weak and so on. Because the point is that it's not for me, who I am in 2014. When I was watching this in 1981, I probably thought it was hysterical. And that was who it was for, basically. It's supposed to be a nice, undemanding, family-friendly little sitcom. Saturday, early evening, gets all the whole family watching and then supposedly goes the televisual logic that you're you're there for the rest of the evening. And as far as that purpose is concerned, it works perfectly well. And The only problems with it is because you get a lot of juveniles... You get this kind of stage schooly performance that then bumps onto everybody else. At, at least I'm assuming that it could be a deliberate stylistic choice. Let's let everybody just act up a little. Act, mind you, it's a bit like the first episode of Three's Company. <laughs> it's acted the same way. Yeah, I mean Michael Stanton himself, he doesn't tend to have that style ordinarily. When I've seen him in other bits and pieces, and he's one of those actors who tends to crop up in a lot of different things, like Norman Bird, for example, is one of those supporting actors that you just see sort of everywhere. He's not really a sort of larger-in-life figure, ordinarily. So this is a, a bit of a change for himself. I'm thinking there's a slight gateway drug element. Um, that was a okay, bizarre thing to say. It sounded normal inside my head. It's, it's like, <laughs> this is to get the children used to watching sitcoms, the way we do sitcoms. But we can't just sit them in front of an episode of Joint Account. That's a terrible example. <laughs> I don't want to sit through an episode of Joint Account right now. So, it's like, so we have to push it up a little. Just a little, add a little spoonful of sugar to the mixture. So I'm, I'm making excuses for the fact that we didn't really enjoy it much. <laughs> no, we didn't. But the point I is I tell you that... what, the, part of that is the first half of episode one is awful. It does come alive a bit when Mickey comes alive. For a while, it is just like a normal suburban sitcom with the next-door neighbour who comes in through the children's bedroom window. I'm not implying... <laughs> I'm not one of those people who looks at something from the past and goes, hey, up, yeah, couldn't do that nowadays. No, I'm saying no, even no, in no. 1980, that was a pretty bizarre way of entering a house. Even Sonia in Fresh Fields, I think, <laughs> Come on, the came through... Came through the back door. She she didn't emerge from somewhere unexpected. And of course, we know how important the back door is, don't we? Because Martin's already explained that. In, indeed, yes. How would Martin? How would Martin react if Paul suddenly emerged from his bedroom window one night? I don't think he'd be that surprised of it. It's <laughs> just typical Paul, isn't it? So anyway, for a while, you're watching. A fairly ordinary suburban sitcom where everybody's just acting up a little and the jokes are a bit entry level. It starts too quickly as well. It just starts with Irene Handel playing darts against her grandson. That's the ITV and... problem, isn't it? The well, for, I've got a note here saying this is written within like the first 10 minutes of episode one. Is this episode three? <laughs> because they're all talking about Mickey like he's, well, obviously the son's. Ken? Is Ken the, the son who works on it? He's the, the scientific son, yeah. Yes. He's been working on it for a while, but they're all talking like they're all fairly used to Mickey standing there. Well, they've seen him on Saturday Banana. So for, <laughs> for a while, that's meta. For a while, I'm thinking, is he just going to start moving and nobody's going to be surprised about it? Has this been made so they can show the episodes in any order? And then Metal Mickey comes to life because he's been given sweets. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine... Cause That's something kids can relate to. No, I did check this. On Wikipedia, they're claiming they look like lemon bonbons, but in my mind, and, and bear in mind, I was sort of looking at it on a relatively small screen, so I couldn't quite make it out, and this wasn't 1080p HD. Yeah, he has these sweets that they give them, Atomic Thunderbusters, and I imagine them to be like those... Do you remember those like little... I'm going all spangles here, I apologise for this. But do you remember those little spaceships that were sort of made out of rice paper and they had the fizzy sweet yes. in them. That's what I imagine them to be like. That's what, cause it's, it, I know, you see, for me, an enterprising sweet shop in John Street Market had little sort of slightly sherbety sweets that were covered in encrusted sugar. And one half was pink, and I think I think they were pink on the outside and they were yellow on the inside. And they marketed them as Atomic Thunderbusters. Ah, clever. 
So they are forever linked in my mind. Nice. So yeah, I think that there is suffering a little bit from my TV syndrome. You've only got 24 minutes. So I noticed at the beginning of episode two when I mean handles doing the kids' homework with the help of Metal Mickey, and that actually was the plot. Whereas normally, if that would been BBC, for example, that would have just been a little opening gag. And then yeah, it would, you would have oh, got, oh, it would have been, oh my God, I've forgotten to do my homework. And I've got to go somewhere. The, a lead in. Yes. Which maybe starting partway through would have benefited Dad's Army. We're going to do Dad's Army another time, aren't we? Yes. I mentioned it last week, <laughs> the plot abandonment issue. <laughs> That's one thing, actually, in all fairness, and I'm not in any way saying that Metal Mickey has the edge on Dad's army in any one way or another, but I'll give Metal Mickey its due. Metal Mickey's uh, written entirely by Colin Bostock-Smith, and there's a good little interview with him on Den of Geek website where he talks about Metal Mickey, but it doesn't have that issue with plot abandonment. It's actually quite tightly formatted. It delivers on what it promises. Okay, Metal Mickey's sexual boldness. <laughs> No, okay. He's uh, a suggestive little fella, isn't he? <laughs> and there's also jokes about the teenage daughter's boobs, about what, well, or, or rather the fact that she wants some and she's trying to acquire some. <laughs> I mean, build. <laughs> oh, it's a little, you know, it's hey, it's it's the 1980s. Well, no, the and... thing is, okay. Now you could say here that you've got a little bit of business going on because Metal Mickey himself. Now he's going to appeal to the kids. The dialogue between the kids themselves is probably intended perhaps for a teenage audience. There's one kid too many. Yeah, agreed. Uh, you're stupid. What are you going to do now? Something stupid. This is uh, paraphrasing. <laughs> but there is one who just seems to be there for the purpose of being nasty to people. And he should go back to the house that Jack built where he belongs. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely reviewing that one day. Now, um, here's the thing. Because <laughs> okay, I will admit, I'm slightly distracted here because I did look up the original running time in one of our copies of the TV Times that we have. And also on the night of the first episode of Metal Mickey was on a Majesty's Secret Service and we have the crosses and ticks next to all the cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, boy. Jenny Hanley gets a cross. Oh, really? Now, hang on, Jenny Hanley, was she the one that was in Man About the House? She was the one that was in Man About the House. So who's the one that wasn't in Man About the House? Jenny Agatha, or at least not the episode you thought she was in. Now, does she get a tick? She's not in On a Majesty's Secret Service either. I see. Okay, Metal Mickey himself is going to appeal to the kids. And the dialogue between the kids themselves probably appeals slightly more to maybe a teenage audience, because like you said, it's a tad risque. And then, as with all these type of shows, you've got someone immediately identifiable by the older audience, and in this case of course it's Irene Handel. So you've got it sort of working on its different levels where there's little bits and pieces that are going to appeal to all comers. And yeah, I know what you mean. I think there is scope for Mickey to perhaps come out with the odd little innuendo here and there. And maybe he gets away with it a bit more because... Well, doesn't he constantly call... My memory is... That um, the next door neighbour, Janie, played by Lola Young at the time, now Baroness Young of Hornsey. Indeed. My memory is that he constantly calls her Thunderbomb. <clears throat> which I th for 1980 is a little bit. I can't remember exactly what he says, but he, he, Metal Mickey pretty much instantly starts lusting after her. Well, he's obviously just that kind of robot, you know? That's how he's been built. Maybe there's something in those atomic thunderbusters. I mean, what was it that gave the troops back in the day? Was it bromide to calm them down? I see, an atomic thunderbuster. So it has the opposite effect, the, yeah. The British Army developed... Atomic thunderbusters is like... <laughs> like you got your demob suit and you got your bag of thunderbusters <laughs> to purge the, the bromide from your system. So atomic thunderbusters, they are the robotic equivalent of Viagra, basically. Now, you see, Viagra is, is one of those things that should never be used in humour. It became like twerking and neck nominating. Haha, <laughs> a new thing there. Punchline. Well, no, but no, I, I've got to disagree on that point because Viagra has stayed around and is now a permanent 
things. You so should to talk to your doctor. If <sighs> no, the effects have lasted this long. Where was? What, I mean, yeah, what, was, that, what was the last thing you said? That again, Nick Norman. I've heard of. Yeah, I know what it is. I've only just found out last week. Yeah, that's not going to hang around. And twerking. That's a lot of pish. It's going to be so, replaced by necronominating. What? Eh? I was just joking about the necronomicon. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but Viagra is there in lieu of a punchline. No, but the point is that it has that kind of effect on him. Is he's clearly a randy little bleeder, isn't he? Well, why didn't they put that in the opening titles then? Instead of <laughs> he's a lot of fun. He's a randy little bleeder. <laughs> well, it doesn't scan for one thing. That's that's why. Otherwise, they definitely well, would use that. Well, you put it in the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> you write the special bridge all about his tremendous appetite. <laughs> So hang on, let me think about this. Right, he's a lot of fun, he'll be your number one, and in the middle, he has a voracious sexual appetite. Okay, yeah, we can make that work. Yeah, sung by Philip Maddock. (laughs) In character as that guy he played in, (laughs) Porridge. (laughs) He has a voracious sexual appetite. (laughs) Yeah, well, you don't really need to work it into the lyrics. You just just (laughs) have him slide on screen and just say that. <laughs> well, yeah. we've actually talked this show up, haven't we? We said it's tightly plotted. It's a little bit bold for five fifteen on a Saturday night. Even Buck Rogers, it's on immediately after, have difficulty keeping up. So we've actually talked this up. I think so. Yeah, I have to admit, and this I'll emphasise again: this is more of a comment about me than it is about Metal Nicky. By the second episode, my mind was starting to wander, and as it often does in the case of sitcoms, if I wasn't completely into it, I was starting to sort of imagine things that I would have liked to have been in the show. Now, I want to run a couple of these past you, and you let me know if you think that these are suitable for five past five on a Saturday afternoon, okay? And if they're not suitable, then they, they, they won't stay in the episode, all right? For example... Should I bring out the bleep machine? Uh, you, you may want to have it to hand, yeah. Because for those of you who didn't listen last week or have forgotten, we're trying to be all ages friendly now because you realise that some of the shows we're talking about are going to be listening to people who don't want to hear Mooncat effing and jeffing. Well, exactly, yeah. I mean, some of the shows are the kind of thing that would turn up. Some of the shows that we've spoken about in previous podcasts are the kind of thing that would turn up on an afternoon on ITV3, for example. And some of the things that Mooncat says are the kind of things that would turn up on a Greenock public toilet wall (laughs) (laughs) I have never ever been in a pub in Greenock let me just emphasise that right now, let alone the toilet I said public toilet you know, just one of those that's in the middle of the street do they even have public toilets anymore or were they abolished? I mean, they seem to be something that you you see them in in, in like carry on films well the thing is, is that people stopped going in them (laughs) 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 because because of what they might see written on the walls or really just because of the because of the smell and also because you might find Charles Hawtrey with a fake beard chasing after Sir James in there and then that would you, in what way would that be a disincentive to go inside <laughs> if you're walking past a public toilet even in a rough part of town you think pretty sure Charles Hawtrey's in there chasing Sir James <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You would at I'd, I'd least, go yeah, I'd go you would at least move a little closer and see if you could hear anything. <laughs> no, you're right. Actually, I'd go in. So, right, you're you're gonna hear bleeps, basically. And I'm sorry that we're not treating you like adults. No, 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 no. no, no but no, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna say. No, I'm not gonna say anything that needs to be bleeped because that defeats the entire purpose of it. The, the whole purpose of it is not that we we think that you're likely to be offended by language. It's just that having that big red explicit tag on the podcast and iTunes can put people off listening. Well, I'm going to have to use the bleep for my I really handle anecdote. I'll, I'll get my I really handle anecdote out of the way and then you can All talk right. about your okay. filthy episode two plots. So apparently at some point they were going to be using chroma key or CSO, colour separation overlay, what we now call green screening. Only I think they used a blue one in those days. And the director was trying to explain this to I really handle. So what we're going to do is we're going to get pictures of you and then the camera will take out the blue. And she goes, no, no, you're confusing me. No, it's okay. It's a very simple... No, you're confusing me with somebody who gives a... (laughs) Thank you, my Irene Handel anecdote. Now, 
<laughs> Can I just point out, by the way, for the avoidance of any confusion, is that when I, as I frequently do on the show, say, oh, blow, I am actually quoting Irene Handel in Confessions of a Driving Instructor and not Malibu Man in Blunder, as has been previously yeah, thought. But you liked Blunder. I did like Blunder. It's on my DVD shelf, I admit it. Okay, so a couple of things that sprung to mind. One was that a piece of dialogue in episode two reminded me of an old Jack and Victor sketch from Chewing the Fat. And I found myself wishing that the dialogue in Metal Mickey had gone along similar lines. So Michael Stanton's biography's plant, because that's his big sort of obsession in this, it's into all these plants and horticulture and so on. And he says, oh, I've tried all kinds of water. I've tried tap water. I've tried this mineral water. And Georgina Melville says, oh, that's not mineral water. Now, the punchline that comes is that that's Irene Handel's gin. What it should have been, she says, oh, that's not mineral water. Michael Staten says, what is it then? Urine. That should have been the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> Is this your uh, is this your idea of the the actual delivery as well? Yes, yeah, said okay. very certainly and definitively like that. Um, there's not actually any explanation that comes. There's no forthcoming explanation as to how the urine got into the bottle. But which character is saying this? Any. <laughs> the other thing I would have liked to have seen as well is, or perhaps Philip Maddock could pop up again. <laughs> Now, is he playing the same character from Porridge each time? That, that is micturation. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, this is a broader sort of idea. You actually mentioned this because you made me laugh because when you talked about Metal Mickey's sort of liberated sexuality, so to speak, I'd already made a note to mention this. And we've only seen the first two episodes of the first series, so I don't know if this is how it develops, but I've got a pretty good idea that it doesn't go like this. But I was sort of hoping that Mickey, you know, he might sort of develop an eye for the white goods in the kitchen, you know, the, the washing machine, and a tumble dryer, that kind of thing. And at first it sort of starts Well, in the slowly. first episode when he's saying that he can tidy, the, you know, they try and get him to do the vacuum cleaning. And he's going, I don't need this. I thought, is he going to pull out a Hoover attachment? <laughs> As in Crichton and Red Dwarf with his groin attachment for, for was it for egg whisking or something? We'll come back to the bedroom tidying because I, well, I thought that was a slight weak spot. Well, it wasn't that untidy. There's a few things on the floor, and then they weren't on the floor. No anyway, was. go back, go back to your filth. We'll, no, because we'll no, I just, I just, I just like the idea that by say episode six in series one, that if anybody asks where's Mickey. They've got a pretty good idea where he is. I mean, they can hear where he is because they can hear the the pounding of the the fridge freezer. The thing is that at first, maybe like episode four or five, he. Well, I'm so glad we decided to get rid of the explicit tag. <laughs> no, I haven't said any filthy words. No, listen. No, the thing is that I'm thinking like episode four or five, he's still trying to be sort of like coy about it. You know, he's trying to do it on the sly. But by episode six, he's just he he's. You know, he's he's free and easy, man. You know, it's the 60s. Although it isn't, but you know what I mean. And so, yeah, if he fancies a fumble with the, the four-slice toaster of a morning, I've got a horrible, horrible mind, haven't I? Is is that it, then? <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so the bedroom tidying. Now, there is a slight problem with Mickey. He's not actually all that manoeuvrable. I don't think his arms go up and down. They give him the vacuum cleanse. I'll tidy the bedroom. And I thought, oh, you know, they'll, they'll do some Benny Hill-style fast-cutting. Or, as previously said, he is a vacuum cleaner all by himself. No, he has telekinesis. That is the point where my suspension of disbelief <laughs> started to wear a little thin. Okay, he's a sentient, sapient robot who achieved this because he ate a sweet... But he can he can just move things around by magic. What? The thing is, he's a robot, and he has many characteristics. <laughs> and one of them is the ability to move socks armlessly from one end of the room to another. And the point is that, in its defence, 
they have actually addressed a really, really important issue in, so I think it's episode one, where Michael Stanton points out that it's a bungalow. I thought that, yeah, I thought that was kind of strange. Well, that was it, because that's, because like, straight away you're sort of thinking stairs, Daleks, but yeah, taken care of. There yeah, go. but he's got arms. He can climb up the stairs. He can yank himself up the stairs. He can use his arms like legs. No, no, he's like he's like a cow. He can go up the stairs, but he can't go down them. So what are we saying that he can have telekinetic powers, but he can't have like little jets in his feet that elevate him? <sighs> okay, um, up some stairs. No, I'm, yeah, I am going to say. And he'd give another thing for the debt. The scorch marks in the stair carpet. Wait, no, I'm going to tell you why that is correct. Because LWT's budget will stretch to translucent wires to pick up piles of clothes, but it will not stretch to pick up this obviously you, very, very you expensive. Just show, I don't know how much. You just show his feet off the floor <sighs> for a couple that, of seconds oh, a and little lights, little yellow lights to win, and, and a jet noise. And then that's it. You're done for the rest of the series. Everybody knows how he gets up and downstairs. I, I would rather, again, this is more whimsy on my part, I would rather that. They have stairs, but yet he can't go up and down them. But he forgets because that's the thing. He's he's very clever and all that. But he's the thing is, that's going to be very limiting. For f- There's got to be a future episode which requires him to be upstairs at some point. Well, hang on a minute. Well, what about that one in the classroom? Are we, tell- are we saying that there's no stairs in the school? The school a bungalow as well? Oh, it might be a downstairs classroom. No. All my classrooms were upstairs. What did they use the downstairs for? Downstairs was a cloakroom. The entire downstairs of the entire school was a cloakroom. How many courts did... No, but, okay, maybe the... I think, no, I think French. I think that was downstairs. But he wasn't doing French. He was in, he was in the science lab. Actually, hang on a minute. The, right, all, all schools in Britain were not built to the same blueprints. I'm pretty sure. In fact, my middle school, the science labs were downstairs. No, I was just thinking that myself, actually. I think that ours And they had nice well. big windows for looking out of them. Going, oh, I wish I was out there. Well, you know, like, because the good thing about... The science labs, where the Bunsen burners. Presumably, they still have. It's always a great. You, you know, they, they'd have the when there weren't Bunsen burners there. They'd still have the gas taps on the. Yes, desk. yeah, they, that's right. They had gas taps, and then you hook up the Bunsen burner, and you could you could switch it. So you either had the blue flame, so it looked like a gas advert, or you had the the regular flame, and then you could light the tapers because you'd have those long little wooden tapers around, right? And you'd always get some smart aleck who would light his taper, right, and then blow it out, and then pretend to be puffing a fag. Like that, and sort of blow smoke rings. Yeah, no, Mayo's thing it. was always looking at those gas taps and going, I just really like to light a gas tap. <laughs> <laughs> just send a jet of flame <laughs> shooting out across this. <laughs> and what happened when you did? Every single day. <laughs> For some reason, my memory is is that we were always assembled in the science classroom, so I think I think it might have just been our classroom. For morning registration as well. Oh yeah, no, we every we single we, no, we day, that, just yeah. thinking, yeah. I just want to get a, a, a match and just turn on the gas tap and just light what comes out. Never did, and they pulled the school down. Oh, did they? That was after the time that you decided to light the gas tap. Actually, the school did catch fire, but it was many years With after me. I had left. I hasten to add. <laughs> Wasn't he me? That's why you always write these dates in the podcast. In case anybody refers back to them in the future. Where were you on the night of the 27th? Well, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, stairs. So, yeah, and it may come across just now that we're not taking Metal Mickey entirely seriously. I don't want that to, to be the impression we leave with anybody at all. But what I'd like to have seen would be that even though Metal Mickey's very versatile and he's very clever and what have you, he's also a little bit forgetful. So even though he can't go up and down stairs, he doesn't remember that he can't go up and down stairs. So where the kids built, the kids' bedroom is up the stairs, right? In my ideal sort of vision for the show, right? So he's been built up the stairs. So that's where he begins. And of course, the first time he sees a staircase, he just sort of swivels his head around and then just sort of tips forward and goes careering down it. <laughs> Burst into flames. <laughs> I'm hoping the atomic thunderbusters are not really atomic. Could be problematic. <laughs> LWT could have made threads a few years early if you thought about it. Now you just put a horrible idea into my head because I am aware of one or two 
American sitcoms which, because a cast member has passed away or something like that, have actually sort of radically changed their, their style, sometimes mid-series or something like that. But that would have been too much, I think. If, if Metal Mickey, at the end of that episode 2, had blown up the science lab and he had like a full packet of Atomic Thunderbusters on him, and then the rest of the series was like the day after, then, I don't know, I think that's too much of a, a switch. I mean, I liked it when Small Potatoes dropped the audience for the second series, but this seems this seems to be going too far. What are we talking about? Small Potatoes? No, I'm just saying, Small Potatoes... What? Small Potatoes had an audience in Series 1 and was, was multi-camera and then in Series... What is your Small Potatoes? What is this Small Potatoes of which you speak? Because this, the only Small Potatoes I'm aware of is a current children's programme with singing potatoes that sound like children, but one of them's got little sprouts coming out the side of his head that's supposed to look like hair, but it looks like he's bald on top. <laughs> what? What's this happening? How do we get onto this? Singing potatoes? What do you mean? Small potato, small potato, small potato, small potato. I don't know what this is that you speak That's of. That's the theme tune. But hang on, I'm going to have to check this now. Let me have a look in the Sky Guide and see if Small Potatoes has made it over to the UK. I and do a bit of babysitting the small potatoes. family members. I so know. I see a lot oh, it's on. toddler It is. It's on shows. here. Hang on a minute. Oh my God. It's on CBBS. I'm, I'm the only person in the whole country who doesn't know what it is. Everybody else who's listening to this right now is all nodding their head saying, yes, Small Potatoes is on CBBS. There it is there. It's on tomorrow morning. Oh, my you goodness. You never watched Peppa Pig? John Sparks and Will Winter Banks. Yeah, yes, I know, no, I know that. And I know, Andy I Hamilton know. turned up in an episode recently. Did he really? Blimey. Quite, no, I know of Peppa Pig. Yes, I know of the, the hypnotic effect that Peppa Pig uh, has on my nephews. I'm aware of that. There is this big transatlantic thing. Quite a few of the shows we watch have English, English voices. The Small Potatoes that I'm talking about is a sitcom from Channel 4, late 90s, Tommy Tiernan, Sanjeev Bhaskar, Oman Julie. And the first series is multi-camera, studio, audience, and then the second series is handheld camera, no audience. Now, that kind of change I could accept. But if you're proposing, as I think you are, that Metal Mickey suddenly becomes the war game from episode three onwards no i'm sorry i'm not accepting this i think this is this is too much too soon maybe if it had been on for like 10 or 20 years it could have evolved to that point because you know stuff's edgier now and whatever maybe it would go all bbc free but no no they got 41 episodes out of this i know yeah that's a lot of episodes okay the big thing to, to talk about is a big problem for a comedy show the lead character talks in a monotone yes and being that this is really a cute com, it's just it's just a matter of somebody saying something cute and irreverent who's not supposed to. Children, old people, and robots. That whole, you're not so bad yourself, flippant reply to somebody who's amazed that you can even speak. That stupid baby in My Hero with the mouthful of adult teeth. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I, this, is, this, is, this is a shocking confession, but I've never seen an entire episode of my hero you're not missing out i know it's a convenient whipping boy i watched the entire first series of my hero i mean at the time i didn't go back and revisit it and the one thing i remember was that the episode that was the most effective was the episode that spent the most time with him as a superhero but generally it's just like it was mock and mindy really and it was mock and mindy Series 17 or whatever, after you know they're married, but without the benefit of Jonathan Winters. Given what the series was called, it was just basically my alien husband. And then they, they really needn't have bothered with the whole superhero thing. I don't think they've sufficiently explored it. You just reminded me of what you said the other day when we um, managed to track down via the power of the internet a very, very early edition of The Little and Large Show from the late 70s, and they had what looks like a regular skit involving them being a couple of flies at the top of the tall letters on the set, and Eddie's doing like his Harold Wilson impression and talking about the TUC, and he used to be, they're getting a lot of this fly idea, aren't they? So yes, I it wonder... was so very necessary for them to be <laughs> flies. It was really worth wardrobe going to all that effort, making the little gossamer wings. There's a guy in New Faces did that. And he got criticised by, is it Miskoff? Is that how you pronounce it? Nina Miskoff? There was a fellow who was all up in the, the, the alien gear 
And halfway through his act, he just started telling gags. Just any old gag. Just anything that would have done on the comedians. But then whatever. Nina Mishkoff's job was to be the nasty one. Well, she was a Tony Hatch, wasn't she? Yeah. Tony Hatch, he was in that episode of Little and Large. He was. He was. Are we going to review that episode one day, even though it was in sitcom? I think we should. That is up for the Twitterati to decide. If you would like us and to... And Facebook. We do actually have a Facebook page. We are. Yeah, we, we are on, we are on it. the Facebooks. Right, there are 51 episodes of My Hero. What? Why has this happened? There are only 41 episodes of Metal Mickey. How many episodes of Spats are there? Oh, good question. 33. There are 33 episodes of Spats. I mean, while we're on this point, there are 70, 70 episodes of The Monsters. There are 72 episodes <laughs> Of the monsters today. <laughs> Let that sink in. Does anybody remember watching the monsters today? Anybody got any recollection? I mean, I, I remember I'm, that theme tune. Yeah. Yes. Where the monsters? Oh yeah. We went away thirty years ago, and now we're back with a brand new show. That came out a bit mama set, actually. It was a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think The Monsters Today is on Hulu. So if you're in the US and you've got Hulu, you can watch that. I think I've got the better end of the deal because I'm sitting here with Crackle watching the Larry Sanders show. But if you want to sit down Hulu and watch The Monsters Today, then knock yourself out. So right, yeah, Metal Mickey's monotone. I know they want to make him sound robotic, but it does mean he's like, He needs a chirpy voice. But does his monotonous delivery, does that not allow him to get away with saying things which are perhaps a little bit risky, like you were saying? Because if he said them with feeling, then that... I don't think it's a good idea to have a comedy show based around somebody who speaks in a monotone. Okay, are there any other examples of a comedy show with somebody speaking in a monotone? Not to my knowledge. I've got something written down here, which I don't... I can't really develop this as a point, because it isn't a point, but it's just something that made me giggle. You're aware that I like nice little turn of phrase and the the way that something's worded something it'll just sort of stick in my head and you know, then I'll I'll repeat it ad nauseum and what have you. I've got a funny feeling that you're gonna be hearing a lot of this uh in the near future. Because I have actually written it down to make sure I got it correct. At one point when one out of Murphy's mob what's his name? You know the one. The the blonde haired one is always giving it all that. I never watched Murphy's Mob. Well, no, I, I don't really mean he's in Murphy's Mob. I mean, you know who I mean. Not not the scientist, and not one of the two women, but the other one. I, you, I don't know what you're talking about. And Mel Mickey, the the the, the annoying one. Oh yes, always, the annoying, you know. the annoying one. Yes. Right. So he says something. He's given it back chat and what have you. And Irene Handel says, "I don't want none of your Christmas pudding." Now that is my favourite. Buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Hey, I haven't even seen the new Robocop, but I really hope that's in it. If that's not in it, then it's a dead loss. Did you ever see Luna? Yes, I did. I like Luna. Now that was a Sunday thing, wasn't it? No, Saturday. Really? It made Saturday feel like Sunday. Is that a compliment? It's an observation. It is It is a neutral observation. Because I associate Sundays more with like those sort of six-part sort of serial-type shows. Yes, of something slightly improving. Those shows on a Sunday afternoon have got quite... Hey! Oh, look! I've just looked it up on the internet. Luna was also created and produced by Mickey Dolan. Yes, I thought that's why you were mentioning it. No. <laughs> I just thought that it came on at some point. So was Patsy... What's her name? Was she in it or not? Well, the IMDb thinks she was. Can't remember, but it, only for she, one series. Is that it? Is that what it is? She's in one series and then she's not in the other one. And then it's okay. Joe Wyatt in the second series. Colin Bennett. Hey, <laughs> he's on the night shift. I've got quite a vivid. Nothing we're saying is making any sense. I've got quite a vivid memory of those. Should we talk about the night shift? Because let's face it, we we are trying to get this <laughs> to the length of a regular. <laughs> We've, we have exhausted Metal Mickey. In two episodes. The, we've got the days when we could talk 
for an hour about one episode of one thing. No, if it was ever decreased in circles, we could do that. But this isn't that. It's a different type of show. And I think, to be honest, I think that the listeners like hearing this struggle. <laughs> Got to be aware of being indulgent, though, and having no Oh, yeah, no, 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 there's no indulgence. There's nothing that going on. No. What were we talking about? I was going to say, you said, you said, no, no, you said you thought Luna was on Sunday afternoons. My memory of Sunday afternoon shows is slightly twisted, and that's because of where I grew up. Because you there in YTV land, you got your Sunday afternoon shows, and I'm thinking of, it was like, was like Return of the Antelope, was that one of them? With the, the fellow out of the Crofts original out there? You know, like they're all little people. Yes, yes, the the Lilliputians. Yeah, there you go. So, you, you got those kind of things normally about half past four on a Sunday afternoon. Now, up in Scotland, we had football highlights that went on at that time. And so, the half past four show went out at half past five in Scotland. However, at that time, ladies and gentlemen, and if you're, if you're, if you're a sort of a hip young dude, you won't be aware of this. But back in the day, the subtitles that you now get on your Digibox... They were on teletext, and the subtitles were networked for the UK. So I used to be able to watch Scott Sport with highlights of, say, I don't know, Falkirk versus Aberdeen, and the subtitles for the Return of the Antelope, basically, <laughs> at the bottom of the screen. Now, oh, Super Grand, that was another one. I used to do that frequently with Super Grand. I used to regularly watch the subtitles on Super Grand, and then an hour later actually see the show, having a bit of a head start as far as the plot was concerned. But the instance that I remember more than any other because it annoyed me so much and to this day I'm, I'm actually slightly annoyed about this. One Easter Monday STV opted out of a screening of the Revenge of the Pink Panther and I have this very vivid memory of the local evening news bulletin in Scotland today and there's John Toyne what have you sat there and all discussing serious issues of the day and at the bottom of the screen is not now Kato this is not the time this is the time <laughs> now that kind of stuff, I think that today's generation just missed out on all that. Yeah? I mean, there's going to be an entire generation that grows up in the future who don't even know what the phrase that's except for viewers in Scotland means. Doesn't it depend on the referendum? <gasps> and if they, well, if they end up with an independent Scotland that gets some form of BBC, that could well make a comeback. Well, this is the thing, because... And I'm going to make a moderately serious point here. And let's face it, I mean, I apologise, ladies and gentlemen, if you've tuned into this to listen to Metal Mickey, you really didn't expect to be listening to a diatribe about Scottish independence referendum. Please, please be aware that if Scotland does go independent, you will have to download Mooncat's contributions separately from mine. You may actually need to get a Scottish iTunes account to download it. Even as I say that, do you know what I actually think? If you were to put that out on the internet, Right. If you were to just write a blog about that and say, independent Scotland, people will need their own independent iTunes account. Somebody somewhere is going to believe that if you were to put that into the ether right now. If I was to post that on Facebook just now, somebody would reply and say, oh, that's disgraceful. Isn't that outrageous? Anyway, in an independent Scotland, yeah, they're, they're supposedly going to sort of divvy up the BBC and what have you and then siphon off the, the Scottish bit. But these days, it's just not feasible. I mean, these days, you know, I could just press a button and I'm watching... You know, an American TV network live, and here I am in Glasgow, and you can just download programs from anywhere in the world and what have you. And it's yeah, it, it's just not really feasible. What'd be nice if it does happen, and I'm not really actually particularly hostile away in all honesty, but if it does happen, maybe they'll put more money into local programming, and maybe we'll get a new series of Still Game. Well, I suppose it could do that anyway. Anyway, so what about that Metal Mickey then, eh? He's all right. For a bit of Saturday night fluff, he'll do. And he does. And I'm hoping that as the series goes on... Dirty little robot. Well, he is. And I'm hoping as the series goes on, and let's face it, we may as well riff about it because we've got no intention of watching all 39 episodes, then perhaps he'll sort of... Maybe he'll develop more skills as time Have goes we on. broken a certain seal by doing a children's thing. Are we going to have to start doing like Mike and Angela? No, 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 we're not doing that. No, no, there are limits. We'll finish on this. I mentioned before, there's a nice wee interview on Den of Geek website with Colin Bostock Smith in which he mentions Metal Mickey. And at one point, he mentions the robot could do 21 different things. 
I've known a lot of actors who can do 21 different <laughs> things. He was pretty good. He then asked, is it true, the story about the floor manager and how Metal Mickey had to be spoken to directly as a character if you wanted to give him directions? This was absolutely true, he says. I kid you not. The floor manager had to be moved. He would not talk to the robot. He insisted on talking to John Edwards, who was the man who controlled the robot, who was in a black box at the front of the seats. John wouldn't answer. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've made it to the end of this podcast, thank you. I'll be honest, it was a bit of a struggle. But we made it through. And next week, we are talking about Ray Allen and Lord Charles. And that show that they used to do on HTV in the mid-70s. We've only got about 30 minutes of one episode. The rest of it's been wiped. But we're going to do our best with it. And it's our first three-hour show. And it's, it's, it's a real player file. <laughs> it's been encoded as suitable for dial-up modems. It's best viewed in Netscape Navigator. No, next week, Ocho... I did challenge you to this, and unfortunately, you have declined the challenge. But Bogenstrovia has stepped up to the plate, and he's willing to go through hell with me next week on the show. Next week, myself and Bogenstrovia are going to be discussing the sitcom stars of the 1970s and their appearances on the big screen in a particular genre of comedy film. And I'm not quite sure what title we'll give this yet. I don't like the word sexploitation, but we're talking basically about things like the Confessions films, the Adventures films, and so on. Now, it's not just going to be Boggs and I just going, that that Linda Regan, it won't be like that at all. We'll actually be concentrating on the appearances of all the different people who appeared in all manner of different films over a sort of seven or eight year period, I really handled being one of them. And... You'll be amazed, when we get onto this topic next week, you'll be amazed at just how many big, big names, I mean, not just talking about supporting characters, but like big headlining names actually appeared in these, I was going to say shuffles of something, but no, can't do that in PG era. So next week, Box and I will be engaging in the confessions of the sitcom club. We will also be peering into the mailbag, as we mentioned before, in a forthcoming episode. So is anything that you want to tweet us, we are at The Sitcom Club. You can find us also on Facebook, just search The Sitcom Club. And our website, sitcomclub.com, has a link to where you can download all the previous episodes going back to April last year. In the meantime, Ocho, I think that you have earned a good old pitcher full of Kool-Aid for your efforts this evening. And some Atomic Thunderbusters. Hey, careful of those. And we will be with you again soon on The Sitcom Club. <laughs>